Welcome to the Stop Drinking Podcast, where we help you make stopping drinking a simple, logical, and easy decision. We help you with tips, tools, and strategies to start living your best life when alcohol-free. If you want to learn more about Stop Drinking Coaching, then head over to www.soberclear.com. Are you ready to find out how a tiny chemical with a funny-sounding name could be the key to A, understanding, and B, overcoming your addiction? Plus, find out what happens inside your brain when you actually quit and why the withdrawal symptoms of certain prescription medications so strongly resemble those of alcohol. And finally, we're going to reveal the one lifestyle intervention that scientists believe can reverse these biochemical processes at least in part. First, what are neurotransmitters? Well, all of our thoughts, emotions, and actions are the result of billions of our brain cells interacting, essentially communicating with each other at the same time. And what makes their communication possible is a class of molecules called neurotransmitters. These are released by one brain cell and then picked up by dedicated structures on the cell membrane of its neighboring cells. And these structures are called receptors. The neurotransmitter locks onto the receptor like a key fits into a lock. This sets into motion a cascade of biochemical events in the cell. There are hundreds of different kinds of neurotransmitters, and they have varying molecular structures and are usually found in different parts of the brain. But they all do the same basic job, transmit signals from one brain cell to another. You've probably heard of some of the more famous neurotransmitters like serotonin or dopamine. And although alcohol does influence some neuronal circuits that rely on dopamine or serotonin, it exerts most of its action through a another neurotransmitter, one with a weird shorthand name which you've probably never even heard of. Meet GABA. The full name is gamma aminobutyric acid, though you'll almost always find it simply as GABA. Discovered in 1950, GABA is an amino acid that's classed as an inhibitory neurotransmitter. That is, it mostly quietens down rather than excites the brain cells that it attaches to. It's actually the primary inhibitory neurotransmitter in the human brain, the main excitatory one being glutamate. Now, paradoxically, our bodies actually synthesize GABA from glutamate by an enzyme called GAD. So glutamate is a precursor of GABA, and maintaining a balance between the two is critical to a healthy brain and mind. We'll come back to this later in the video. There are two main types of GABA receptors. Scientists simply call them GABA-A and GABA-B. They are found on different cell membranes and in different parts of the brain. The drugs that artificially activate the GABA system in the brain are typically sold as treatments against anxiety. They also often double up as hypnotics for inducing sleep as well as anticonvulsants. The two most widely used classes of these drugs are barbiturates and benzodiazepines. If you're younger, you might not even have heard of barbiturates. They led to many fatal overdoses and were very easy to get hooked on. As a result, doctors soon stopped prescribing them when benzodiazepines came along in the 1960s. Having said that, several thousands of people still die of benzodiazepine overdose every year in the USA. Xanax and Valium are some of the most famous brand names of benzodiazepines. Some of the drugs that enhance the activity of GABA are anticonvulsants like gabapentin and the so-called Z-drugs, like Zolpidem, licensed for insomnia. And then, of course, there's the big one, the mother of all recreational drugs, alcohol. Already from the 1980s, scientists understood that alcohol enhances the activity of the GABA system. Firstly, they noticed the similarities in the effects of alcohols and those of benzodiazepines and barbiturates, which were already known to enhance GABA. Then, they discovered that drugs which enhance GABA activity 
were useful in dealing with the symptoms of alcohol withdrawal. On the flip side, drugs that blocked the effects of GABA made withdrawals worse, often to the point of seizures. To this day, scientists aren't exactly sure how alcohol enhances GABA. Very likely, it does this in several ways. By increasing the quantity of GABA released, by enhancing the activity of GABA receptors so that they are activated for longer periods of time and more intensively, it affects the levels of certain brain steroids called neurosteroids, and these in turn enhance the activity of the GABA system. What about the core emotional, cognitive, and behavioral effects of alcohol are mediated at least in part through the hyperactivation of the GABA system? In other words, the effects that you experience when drinking are due to the action of alcohol on enhancing the activity of the GABA system. And, as you'd expect, they are similar to those from benzodiazepines and barbiturates. They are lowered anxiety levels, lowering of inhibitions, malduphoria. At higher doses, the inhibitory effects of GABA really take over, and these drugs all lead to a suppression of central nervous activity. The symptoms then include drowsiness or sleepiness, impaired coordination and attention, muscle weakness, difficulty walking, and slurred speech. Not only is GABA responsible for many of the effects drinkers seek out when drinking, for example, the mild high, it's also a key component of alcohol's addictive potential and thought to underlie the alcohol cravings that appear after abstinence. You see, GABA circuits are known to have connections with and regulate the so-called reward circuit of the brain. This is a primordial evolutionary circuit that underpins the pleasuring and reinforcing effects that we get from things necessary to our survival and our procreation. Food and sex being the two big examples. Because food and sex were so critical to our survival and genetic propagation, they are highly pleasurable and rewarding. Now, mind-altering drugs hijack this reward circuit and kick it into overstimulation. This can eventually lead to the obsessive seeking out and consumption of the substance, that is, addiction. The GABA system, just like all other organs, the brain tries to achieve a state of homeostasis. That is, it tries to maintain certain vital parameters with preset limits. Initially, our brain does everything possible to resist the effects of alcohol. It tries to eliminate it from the system and restore the natural equilibrium. With heavy and sustained drinking, however, we teach our brains to anticipate the next wave of ethanol surging through. It eventually learns to lower the native potency and activity of its GABA system as it expects this to be supplemented by the external effects of alcohol. The end result in heavy drinkers is that the natural activity levels of their GABA system are way lower than those of non-drinkers. Scientists call this process of lowering the activity of a brain system down-regulation. Part of the way this happens is through a decrease in the number of GABA receptors. The remaining receptors are activated with more difficulty, and the overall levels of the GABA neurotransmitter in the system are also lowered. At the same time, to counteract the inhibitory effects of all the alcohol ingested through their years, the brain naturally increases the activity of the glutamate system, a process called upregulation. Remember earlier when I told you that glutamate is the primary excitatory neurotransmitter? Well, what happens when you stop drinking? Well, as long as the drinker continues to ingest alcohol in more or less predictable quantities, the system can retain a semblance of balance. But as soon as the alcohol stops, the results of all of these changes come to light. The downregulation of GABA, along with the upregulation of glutamate, lead to all the symptoms that you associate with alcohol withdrawal. Restlessness, anxiety, irritation, agitation, and insomnia. And in advanced alcoholism, tremors, seizures, and hallucinations. Now, I should clarify that the large majority of problem drinkers, 
even if they have been drinking for many years, will not have to deal with life-threatening withdrawal symptoms like seizures. In these rare cases, the person should only stop drinking under qualified medical supervision. To ease the process, their doctor will likely prescribe a different drug to actually support their GABA system throughout the withdrawal process, one that they will also eventually taper off. This drug will typically be, you guessed it, a benzodiazepine. Now thankfully, the process of GABA readjustment is relatively quick. After just one month of abstinence, GABA levels of former drinkers will have recovered to those of non-drinkers. Bear in mind that GABA down regulation is only one part of the story, however. Many of the changes to the brain will take lower to reverse, and in some cases, the recovery will be incomplete. So what about supplementing? Well, GABA is a widely available and completely legal dietary supplement in most countries. You can order it online from a variety of suppliers, typically in tablets ranging in potency from 250 to 750 milligrams. Some of the suppliers are well-respected supplement makers, and the products are of high quality. GABA is also very affordable, costing no more than a few pennies per capsule. There is one problem, however. When taken orally, GABA doesn't actually cross the blood-brain barrier. This barrier is nature's way of protecting the brain from toxins and other foreign molecules in circulating the blood. And because it doesn't cross this barrier, its effect when taken as a supplement will be close to zero. This is despite the fact that these supplements are often sold as supporting a healthy brain and calm mood. So what about supporting GABA naturally? For those with low GABA levels, especially from alcohol withdrawal, is there no hope? Well, not if we take the results of a widely cited 2007 research paper at face value. A team of researchers out of Massachusetts found that a 60-minute yoga session was actually enough to increase brain GABA levels by a whopping 27%. It is not clear for how long this elevation persists. Follow-up studies have also reported encouraging results. If true, these studies could begin to explain the widely reported antidepressant properties of yoga, including for those people with full-blown clinical depression. This also helps to explain the growing popularity of yoga, as well as mindfulness meditation as an offering in various rehab facilities. Thanks for checking out the Stop Drinking podcast by Sober Clear. If you want to learn more about how we work with people to help them stop drinking effortlessly, then make sure to visit www.soberclear.com.